first thing I want to say, and I'm, and I'm doing this because I, I thought it a while ago in the presence of God, so I'm going to do it. And I apologize to you, Elder, for the way that I spoke last week. I just want to make that right. Because I don't want any part, any part of me. Well, but I don't want, I don't, I don't. (laughs) I might need somebody to stand over here. (sighs) (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. We just have to be mindful of everything that we do and everything that we say and how we say and what's going on and, you know. And a while ago when we were praying, um, it just came to me, Psalms 91. You know, and we're talking about the bride. And um, are y'all okay with, with what was said last week, that not everyone that is saved is the bride? It is, there's just not any other, I can't see it no other way. The bride has certain characteristics that not everybody that's born again, they're born again. But they don't have those characteristics only because they did not yield and allow the Holy Spirit to work in them and, and, and allow him to, ch- they didn't lay on that altar and let him fix them. And Pastor Cindy going to say so. She's going to take my Sunday school class. <laughs> you said that, do you agree? The Word says... That there will be many on that day that say, Lord, Lord, did Uh-oh, we not see, prophesy? Did we not you. cast out devils? Hey. Well, but he says, I don't, I don't know you because you, you practice lawlessness. You did prophesy. So I'm saying, to you know, we better, we better be looking at ourselves. We better, we better look at ourselves. Because if I can prophesy, excuse me, if I can raise the dead and I can cast out devils in his name and he can still say, who are you? Amen. You run well. <laughs> if he doesn't know me, it's because he doesn't know me. Doesn't know we me. have not developed a relationship. That's exactly what it is. Because it's the same word as intimacy. It's this people in love but don't want to get married. There's a, well, yeah, well, hey, that's most of the world. And see, a lot of the world we have, um, we have those flippant relationships where we do intimate things with someone we don't even, we don't even know. And that is so against the word. That's against the word of God. He wants to know you. Commitment is, a, is the thing. But I know that the bride herself makes sure that she dwells in the secret place. She lives in the secret place of the Most High God. She lives there. She makes her home in that secret place. Y'all, it's a secret place. Everybody don't know about the secret place. It's, it's available for them to know. But everybody don't know about the secret place. How, how, I'm in the secret place right this second. <laughs> and I don't ever want to leave. <laughs> I don't want to 
to come out of that secret place. Ooh, there are air treasures. There are air treasures in the secret place. Yes, there are air. <laughs> Who's that? Sitting right behind us. Oh, Miss, Miss Robbie. There's so many times she starts to speak and then she goes, Yay. You know, I was like, Yes, Jesus. She stays drunk all the time. All the time. Secret place of the most high, most high. <laughs> you are under the shadow of the Almighty, and to dwell means yes. to pitch your tent and stay pitch there. Pitch your tent and stay there. Yes, sir. Right under that never drying fountain. Amen. You will know. Yes. Yes. You will know when you're under his shadow because I'm telling you, you can be in the midst of hell itself and nothing is going to touch you. That's what this word says. The Lord is my refuge and he's my fortress and it's in him that I trust. And I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I know I went to another chapter, but I'll be okay. Because I'm under his covering. I'm under his tent. I'm in his, I'm under the shadow of his wing. Amen. And he might lead me where angels fear to tread. But it's okay. We can go there. I told Pastor and them yesterday that I had a dream just the other night. Just the other night that I was in a foreign prison. I had been arrested. I was in a foreign prison. Nobody understood my language. And so I just sat up against that cinder block wall going, Because they didn't know what I was saying anyway. So I'm getting the Holy Ghost, you know. And, and one of the women, something happened to her. I don't know what it was that happened, but her leg was obviously broke because it was like, you know, like that. And so I walked, I just opened my eyes because the Holy Ghost, you know. And I walked over to her and through sign language, you know, let her, can I pray for you? And I laid my hands on that leg and I said, be healed in the name of Jesus. And, whoop, it, you know, and she jumped up and I started saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. And, and everybody just, Jesus, Jesus. So the whole place got saved. <laughs> And I didn't understand them, and they didn't understand me. And it kind of scared me, because it wasn't just a couple of weeks ago that the man of God stood up and told me to prepare myself for the nations. And then I have a dream that I get arrested in a foreign prison. I must make sure I'm in a secret place. Because I'm going to the nations. And if I get thrown in a foreign prison... I'm going to let Jesus Christ come through me and heal somebody. Amen? And the whole, because that would be the whole purpose for it. The whole purpose for it. And then, and so that that part of the bride can come awake. Amen? That's what we're supposed to be doing, is awakening the bride. Say, look, come on, we got to get in his presence. Come on, you got to develop a relationship with him. You got to lay everything else aside. And get in a relationship with him. He's the, he's the one that matters. 
Just like Pastor Cindy prayed today, you're the only one. You are the one. You're the one I look to. You're the one I run to. You're the one I fear. You're the one I, re- you're the one I love. You're the one I want to be with. You're the one that can fix my stuff. You're the one. You are the one. Joe ain't the one. Susie ain't the one. Mm-mm. Jesus Christ is the one. He's the one. Only one. Ain't but one. Ain't but one. Whew. It says, he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou... Uh, let me get back up here. Trust his truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Amen. You don't have to fear the pestilence. You don't have to fear the enemy when they come and shooting the air. You ain't got to fear none of that. I'm covered. I'm covered by him. Covered by him. As long as I keep myself in that secret place and I have developed that relationship with him to where when he says go, I get up and go. If I get up on my own, guess what? Pastor preached it. If you make your own way, make your own way. I got to say, whoops, I messed that one up, and get right back up in here. Because as long as I keep myself under him, him saying what he wants me to do, him telling me where to go, him saying, say this, don't say that, Mm, keep your mouth shut, okay, say this. Him. You know we can develop that kind of relationship. That's exactly what Jesus Christ had. And what did he do? He got up early in the morning before everybody else woke up. And he went, he separated himself and he went and prayed. He connected with his father. And he didn't allow the enemy to come engage him and break that connection. Because a lot of times, I don't know about y'all, but I'll get up and and I'll go in there and I'll pray and I'll, I'll feel, I'll connect with the Holy Ghost, you know, with, with Jesus and it's all so good. And, and then I'll, you know, start going about my day and the next thing you know, someone says, N-n-n-n-n. and sometimes I go back. Well, <laughs> sorry, but that's what happened. I just, just disconnected because he ain't, he ain't with no strife. He, he, he hates that. That's one of the things that says the six things that he hates and the seventh is an abomination unto God. He hates strife. Hates it. And he will not be found in it anywhere. Nowhere. But if I could, and I am learning because I am a little bit better than what I was the other day. Although Josh was there, when was it? Saturday? <laughs> was that Friday? Friday. 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 It was Friday. And I got a little yin yin. Not at Josh, at the big one. I did, but that's but but we have to pull myself back in, pull the reins back in, and I know that that's what the bride does. That's what the bride allows the Father to do. That you know, in John fifteen, he says, "I am the vine, and you are the branch, and my Father's the husbandman, and he tends that branch." And so whenever I, whenever I do get off over here, you know, I do disconnect and I do get in my flesh. I do let my mouth overload me sometimes. That's when I have to go, oh, I did it again. 
I did it again. No matter what it is, if it's with me, most of the time it's my mouth. That's my mo- most of the time it's my mouth. Sometimes, it, you know, if there's, there's something that we're struggling with and we're trying to break it, you know, we're trying to just get in that secret place. Get in the secret place. Just get in his presence. Make him your main focus. The main focus. And stay in there. And if you do fall, it's okay. The word says that the righteous fall seven times, but they get back up. Amen? I don't fall and just stay down. I have. I have fallen and just stayed down. She needs a microphone, right? I have fallen and stayed down there and and was like, well, I messed that up, so I might as well just, you know, I have done that. Right. When we stay in the secret place, I, I too, try to be like Sister Robbie, try to stay in that place. Mm -hmm. And when we're in that place, we're still living our lives. We're going about our business, uh, you know, and business and business and business. And and sometimes I get tired, but I'm staying in that secret place. And I know that I'm there because, well, the other day, uh, Stephen said something, didn't even, he asked a question that I had already answered. And before I knew it, out of my mouth, harsh. And I said, oh, Stephen, I recognize it because I stay in the secret place. And so I recognized. He said, well, and I apologized. And he said, well, that wasn't nothing. I said, it was something. It was. The intent of my heart was, was to bite your head off in that instant. And I am so sorry. And then it was done. But I recognized it instantly because... Of the dwelling in the secret place. Amen. And and I can see he's watching me now like he's never watched me before. That's a lot of pressure. But I'm in that secret place. (laughs) (laughs) And as long as we'll stay there. As long as we'll stay there, it'll, it's gonna, everything is going to work out. Because just like you said, the Spirit of God is going to say, you know, he's going to check you quickly. And that's what the bride does. The bride deals with it quickly. Quickly, quickly, we deal with it. Amen. And I said we because I'm part of it. I am part of the bride. Okay, let's look at some characteristics of the bride. Let's go to Genesis. (laughs) I started to say Jennifer. I don't know why. I think I might. Okay, in Genesis 24, um, we, we see Abraham. Abraham was old. He was well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. The, Abraham wanted to give his son a wife. Amen? She, he wanted to give his son a wife, and so he asked his servant to go to his homeland, go to my family, and bring a wife back for my son. Don't get one over here in these unbelievers. My bride, my son's bride, I want to be from my family of believers, okay? And so he tells him to go over there. And so the, the servant goes. Okay, let me back up. Abraham, we see the Old Testament is a picture of the new covenant. Everything that happened in the Old Testament, we can learn from. It is also done in the new covenant, okay? We just have, we have a few more benefits, <laughs> Amen. And so Abraham is represent he represents God the Father. Isaac 
represents Jesus Christ, the Son. The servant represents the Holy Spirit. Okay? And so the Father says, go get my son a bride from my family, from my sons and daughters. Amen? And so the, the Holy Spirit goes. He takes ten camels loaded down. Woo! Loaded down with some stuff. And he goes to his family, to his, his master's family, to find a bride. And he says, he's praying, you know. He's, where's that at? Okay, we're skipping down through there. And he says in verse 12, O Lord of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. So he puts that out. I believe he was speaking prophetically. He was speaking prophetically of the bride. And so, and it says right there, and as, as it came to pass before he was through speaking, here she comes. And that's what she did. He said, can I have a drink? And she puts that down. She says, drink, Lord, and I will also water your camels. That wasn't just a little thing that she did right there. She was, she's obedient. The bride is obedient. The bride is led by the Spirit of God. And she was just led by the Spirit of God because, because the Spirit had just prayed. When I ask her for a drink, cause her to say, I'll water your camels also. And that was a big thing because a camel drinks 20 to 30 gallons of water each. He had 10 camels. Her pitcher might have been maybe five gallons, you know, that she carries on her shoulder, and it's heavy. And, y'all, we have one of those wells at my house that you move that big concrete thing. Of course, they didn't have that over it. You lower that rope down with that bucket on it, you fill it up with water, and you pull it back up. It's just a gallon. But after two, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I have to get big in to do it. You know, it's, it's tough. Well, she filled her, her jug up, and she ran to the trough, and she poured it in, and she ran back to the well, and she lowered the, and she pulled like four to six times for each camel. That woman was strong. You know why she was strong? Because every single day, she drew from the well, which is also a picture. She drew from the well every single day. The well. What is the well? What is the well? Remember, the Old Testament is a picture. It's a picture of the New Testament. Let's go to John. Woo! Chapter 4. This is the well. 
Boy, things are blurry up here. Verse 13. Jesus is at a well. And a woman is standing there. And he says, give me something to drink. He's at a well. Okay? Verse 13, it says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. Amen? Amen? She drew from that well every single day, and it gave her strength. Amen? It gave her strength drawing from that well. Which drawing from that well will cause you to hear your master's voice and recognize it just like that. Because we're going to go a little fast here. She drew from that well every day. And because of that, when this stranger, someone she has never laid eyes on before, came to her, she's led by the Holy Ghost to give him water and to and to um, water his camels. And he then puts, gives her a nose ring and some gold bracelets, which symbolizes <laughs> that, hey, I'm, I want you. You're the one that I want right there. So he, she hears the master when, when she knows this man that she's never seen before is offering her something to be the bride of a man she's never seen before. Days and days and days away from her family. And she says yes, immediately. Bam, just like that. So because she's drawing from that well every single day, guess what? Her destiny, her destiny was at that well. People around here always say and pray that I know God's purpose for me. It's at the well. It's at the well at the well, drawing from the well. You draw from that well. You draw from the presence of God. You draw from that living water. You, and you're you going you to be doing your purpose. Because as soon as that door is open, hey, hallelujah, drawing from that well helps you recognize the door. Yes makes you strong enough to do it when it's time to do it. It makes you strong enough to go through the obstacles that are going to come because the enemy does not want you going through that door of destiny. Just you, woman. He said, whosoever. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Whosoever. Whoever will drink of this. Whoever will drink it. That's why I say the bride may not be every single person that is saved, but it is open for every single person that is saved. He made that. It it is possible. All I have to do is be a whosoever. Will. The willing and obedient eat the good of the land. Amen? So that well is the presence of well, what about the water? Water. Water represents the word. In Ephesians, he says that the husband will wash his bride, his wife, with the water of the word. Who is the word? 
Jesus is the word. John 1. He came unto his own, but his own received him not. Amen? But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is the word. Glory to God. He's the word. And so she, the bride daily draws from the word himself. Draws from the word. I daily Sit at his feet. That's what we talked about last week. Sitting at his feet. It's the same thing. Drawing from the presence of God. Drawing from Jesus Christ. Drawing from that word. Loving the word of God. David said, I hide your words in my heart so that I won't sin against you. So we get that word and get the word in me. Renew my mind with the word. Amen. I need the word of God. And because she drew from the well of the living word every single day, she was strong. She was holy. She was a virgin. No one had ever touched her. She was pure. That's the bride. We become holy because he is holy. Amen? He said, be ye holy for I am holy. Now me and myself can't be holy. Ain't nothing holy about me. No way. But if I draw from that living well, if I draw from that living word daily, I become holy. I saturate myself in his holy presence, and I become holy. And just what Julie said is a part of being holy. Whenever that harsh comes out, Make it right, right then. Get right back up in there. And the next thing you know, harsh won't be coming out. Harsh won't be coming out. Amen? It won't. It won't be coming out. The things that I struggle with won't be happening no more. It really and truly won't. He cleans me up in his presence. He fixes me in his presence. He points something out and I have to deal with it. I have to deal with, that's the vision of Freedom Ministries, right there. Harshness comes from drinking bitter water, but if I'll drink that sweet water, I won't have no more harsh in me. But I got to deal with it now. I'm going to have to deal with that thing. If something keeps happening over and over, I keep having the same struggle. I keep having whatever it is, whatever it is. Addiction to Oreos, y'all know. That's a bondage. Because whenever we go to something else for comfort, I'm feeling, I'm mad, I'm frustrated, I'm, everything's going wrong, and I go to something else for comfort. That's a bondage. 
I'm supposed to run to him. He says, you are my fortress. You are my strong high tower. I run to you. I want to be in the shadow of the Almighty. If I run to him, then he's my stronghold. If I run to an Oreo, that's my stronghold. You understand? He ain't going to put up with that. He's, did he, does he not say in Corinthians that he's jealous over us? Yes, I'm jealous over you. Because that, that Oreo, that, that thing, thank you, that thing that we go to in that time of comfort or stress, it's because we need some help. Therefore, we're asking something for help. That thing becomes a God yes. at that moment. Yes. yes. Adultery? Yes. Spiritual adultery? Yes. I mean, if you, yes. I mean, we. But we can be just like that again. Because it's a spiritual thing. Yes. See, the natural, God is not man. He does not think like us. He says, my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. That's, That's the reason a man and a woman can both be a bride. Yes. Because. Because he don't think like we think. It's a spiritual thing. God looks at the spirit. He looks at the heart of someone. He don't look at your outer appearance. He's looking at the spirit. And the, the qualification of the, of, for the spirit is to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, be covered in that blood, and be, have a relationship with him. He's got to know you. That's it right there. He's got to know you. Be washed in the blood. When he looks at you, he wants to see blood. And then he wants to see your relationship. Amen. As he is, so are we in this world today. That is exactly what we are supposed to be. The bride of Christ walks just like Christ walked. It says... In Galatians, I think, where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. It says, if you, if you say you're of him, should we ought to walk like him? And that's a process. And you can start it today. You can start that process right here, right now, today. And you can develop that relationship with him. And you can let him start pulling out the fruit of the Spirit. Love. If I'm going to walk in love, if I'm going to walk like him, I'm going to walk in love. Yeah. And that love is not a natural. There's no way in my mind I can, I can produce that love. That's a supernatural love. It comes from him, but it is on the inside of me. Yeah. When I said, wash me of my sins, become my Lord and Savior. Live on the inside of me. That love came in, bam, right then. I don't always let it come forth. But that's the purpose of being a branch on the vine. If I'm a branch on the vine, then the Father prunes me, and he tweaks me, and sometimes he cuts me to the bare nub, but he fixes everything. When I allow him to work on me, I'm going to produce the love. I'm going to produce joy. It's on the inside of me. Joy don't have anything to do with my circumstances. It don't have nothing to do with my kids acting like a fool. It don't have nothing to do with it. It don't have nothing to do. Joy ain't got nothing to do with my bank account being empty. Nothing. I still have that joy. 
There is hope on the inside of me. Hallelujah. Because my bank account ain't my source. My kids are not my source. My husband's not my source. My boyfriend ain't my source. Amen? Yes, my God is my source. He is the one. She's saying he supplies all my needs according to his riches. Where? In glory. I got to get in the secret place if I want all my needs met. Now, that's just the truth right there. Because a lot of times, and I've done it myself, Jesus, you got to need help, 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 I need help, I need help, you got to do this, you got to help me, help, 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 help. Shunned out of my help, 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 you know. I got to get in the glory. I got to get in the glory. The bride is in the glory. She gets in the glory. She gets in the glory, y'all. And everything is taken care of. Maybe next week we'll look at that Hebrew wedding. Ah, it's a beautiful thing. It's beautiful. The bride is in the glory and everything is taken care of then. All of my needs are met. That bride is holy. That bride is strong. That bride hears his voice, recognizes it just like that, that this is God. And she does not hesitate in her obedience. She does not hesitate. Rebecca didn't hesitate. It says on down there where he's, he goes and talks to her family and, and he tells them the whole thing. You know, my master sent me here to get a bride for his son. And, and, and they say, well, you're going to have to ask Rebecca. If she wants to go, she can go. And she says, I will go. She didn't stutter. She didn't go, mm, I will go. They said, can she stay 10 days? Mm-mm, no, I got to go now. I got to get back to my master. And she jumped on that camel, and she took off. She took off. Didn't even think about it. I heard somebody say, we, we read this one chapter, and, and in just a few minutes, you meet all kind of crazy people. What kind of father would say to his total stranger, you can have my daughter? Yeah. Yeah, you can have her. What kind of crazy woman would go with somebody she ain't never even heard of? <laughs> you know? What about the, the apostles? Jesus is walking on the, on the beach. They out there fishing. And he says, throw your nets aside and come follow me. I'll make you fisher of men. They laid down their livelihood. They did not know him. But they was drawing from the water. They was drawing from the water every single day. It's all a picture, y'all. It's a picture. They was drawing from that water every single day. And so when, when their master spoke, they recognized it. And they threw down their boats, and they went after him. They followed him, a man they'd never met before. Amen. <laughs> Quick obedience. The willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. My bride... <laughs> Is willing and obedient, and she's quick with it, and she's going to eat the good of the land. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There was a price paid for marrying her. He brought those ten camels, and they was loaded down with gold and silver and jewels and all that stuff. And he gave some to her, 
and he paid a price to her family. And she could agree to it or not, you know, but she agreed to it. But there's a price paid for her. Now, when you take that to the New Testament, what did Jesus do? He paid a price for his bride, and it was his life. He gave his whole life for you and me. That's the price he paid for his bride. That's why he expects me to, to, to deal with the spots and the wrinkles. And when he comes back, he's coming back for a glorious, glorious bride that the fire for the zeal of his house. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Pastor Cindy brought that in yesterday. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. The zeal. That's the fire. The fire for this vision, the fire for the house of the Lord has eaten. It consumes you. And I know that bride is consumed by the zeal of the Lord. She thinks about nothing else. Her waking moment, her going to sleep moment is Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's all she thinks about. While she's going about doing her business, Brother Jim, right behind you. One thing that the only thing that's holding Jesus back from coming again is the bride is not ready because the bride's got to prepare yes. herself to yes. be ready for the coming of the Lord. Yes, and that so is true. We, as the bride of Christ, are what's holding back the, the end time when Jesus will be coming back. Again. Yes. I believe that too, Pastor Angie. I believe that. We've got to make ourselves ready. That's what Revelation said. The bride made herself ready. Good morning. Good morning. Um, when you were teaching, I was remembering the disciples. They immediately followed him. Yes. And Rebecca made haste. Yes. The Bible says she got off that donkey and made haste. Yes. And um, I had a text last week from... Uh, Brandy, and I called her, and she had a dream talking about what what this man of God's talking about. And she saw me um, in a wedding dress, and she said all she could see was the back of me, but the dress was beautiful. And I turned my head and looked, and the body wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And she said that I represented the head, but the body wasn't ready. Yes. So the uh, revelation says for the bride to make herself ready. Yes. Amen. 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 And all, all that is truly is developing that relationship with him, hearing his voice. We always say, I don't know if I hear the voice of God. Well, we got to step out when we think that's God. When we think that's him, that we'll learn if that's him or not. But developing that relationship, hearing his voice and obeying him quickly that prepare that's me preparing myself because he's going to tell me in that he's going to give me an instruction to apologize to your husband now I got to do it now he's going to tell me go make some brownies and take them to sister I, now he doesn't mean if he means for me to do it three days from now he will say thus saith the Lord in three days go make you know he, me, he wants me to obey now. That's what Pastor said. Haste. Rebecca made haste. That's fast. Quick. Before he can never get it out, she's going. 
Those men dropped everything right then, immediately followed him. That's what we have to do. Develop that relationship. Develop my ear. Develop my ear. He says, my sheep hear my voice. And a stranger they will not follow. So if I'm following a strange voice, i got to pull myself out of that and get over here and focus on him. Focus on him. And it doesn't take 12 hours a day. It, re- it doesn't. Lord, one of these days I want it to be where I can sit 12 hours a day in his presence. Woo! I heard that Eddie James worships like 8 or 9, 10 hours a day. Like, boy, that's awesome. But that's his, that is his job, you, you see. I mean, he's a worshiper. That is what God has uh, provided for him in that right there, okay? Some of us have to still go to the hospital, and we still have to go to Walmart, and we still have to go to stage, and we still have to put our gun on and go protect people, you know, and we still have to go to the paper mill. We still have to do things. But in that, I can stay connected. I can stay connected to him. In all of that, dealing with folks, I can stay connected. Amen. Because just like she said a while ago, you know immediately when I, uh uh-oh, that was wrong. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I shouldn't have said that or shouldn't have said that like that. I shouldn't have done that. We know immediately and we just get right back in there. It's really easy. It really is easy. We make it real complicated. We make it complicated by saying, you know, that I got to clean myself up before I can do this or I got to get this right before I can. No. Yeah, I ain't never. I ain't been able to clean nothing up yet. I ain't been able to fix it. That ain't working for me. No, it ain't. It's in his presence that I am changed into his image. I renew my mind with his word. See, my mind's all messed up. But I get that word in it. And, I, and faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So I need to read that. Daddy said that to me the other day. I need to read the word out loud. It don't say faith comes by seeing the word. It comes by hearing. And that's hearing the written word and hearing that spoken word. And when he speaks to me, move quick. Quick fasting in a hurry. Hallelujah. That's what the bride does. Ooh. Thinking is the worst thing we do. We mess up a lot. Of, we mess up ourselves by thinking. And, you know, I said it a while ago. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. He does not think like we do. That's why so often he'll give us uh, something to do, and we're like, I mean, it goes against human logic. You know, go wash seven times in a dirty river. What if? If See, Christ can handle a mistake, but he can't handle doing nothing. <laughs> That's true. He can't do nothing with doing nothing, can he? But he can fix a mistake. That's good. That's good. He can fix the mistake, but he can't handle doing nothing. There's nothing he can do with it. But we just, he just wants us to obey. When we step out in faith, thinking, okay, I think that's God, and I'm going to do it. He's so proud of you. <laughs> He's so proud of you when you step out thinking that's him. Even if you're not, not real sure, I'm, 
I just, he's so good, he's probably going to cover it anyway. You know, because he's, he's good to us. He's good. He's a good, good daddy. He's good. And all he wants is for us to try. You know, and we develop. We develop our hearing when we do that. Because we'll, we'll find out quickly if it was him or if it wasn't him. I heard someone say the other day, if you're not sure, you know, go ahead with that thought. And if the thought was, go ahead and tell him just what you think because he needs to be fixed. <laughs> and you go ahead with that, just check the fruit. Check the fruit of what just happened. If you didn't get some good feedback, that wasn't God. <laughs> if he jumps back, so then you start recognizing, wait a minute, that ain't, wait a minute, that ain't God. I'm going to go with this one, this voice right here that said, keep your mouth shut, because it was first. I guarantee it. It was first, keep your mouth shut. Yeah, because it's the hardest thing to do. Because it is against my natural logic. Again, he's trying to get rid of that choice. That choice. Dr. Mills brought that. Woo-wee, that was good. When they ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, they had a choice then. And they didn't have choice. They didn't exercise choice before. They had whatever Jesus brought them. Whatever. Adam had the wife he brought. He had the job he brought. He did whatever he said. They ate what he said. They didn't make a choice. But when, they, when she ate and she handed it to Adam and he ate, they, a choice came in right then. And so that's what we do. We think and we have a choice. But we don't. The bride don't have a choice. The bride don't have a choice. To disobey. Yeah, his choice... He chose to, he wanted to please that woman, which is, which is the influence that a woman has. She has influence over her husband, and you better use that right, Pastor yeah, I saw that uh, when you were talking, I saw, and uh, Adam didn't reject Eve either. So God's thoughts must have been good towards Adam. <laughs> yeah, well. You know what I'm saying? He was good to Adam. Yes, he didn't reject her and say, ooh, that, you want me to have that? He loved everything that God brought. Everything that God brought. No, I don't. I wish I did. Ensnaring beauty. Huh. Well, isn't that something? Why you didn't name me Rebecca? Church. The church. <laughs> then why didn't you name me Rebecca? <laughs> Yep. Thank you, Jesus. I opened it up. I opened it up. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So the, so the bride prepares herself for him. The bride prepares herself for him. And that's her whole focus because she is his whole focus. She is his whole, the whole world was created for the bride. I, it was so, and it and is commitment. Yes. We we're, have we're a license to be married. But it's really a commitment. Well, we do, that, we do that flippantly in the world today. It's flippant. You know, if you make me mad, well, we'll just get divorced. Or we don't even have to get married. I'll just move out. <laughs> you know, so that's not commitment. Commitment is in the hard times. And love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. And sometimes I may not feel him, but I still choose him. Even in those times I don't feel him, I'm still choosing him. 
I'm still going to choose to walk the way he says walk and talk the way and do what he said. I'm still choosing him. I don't go by feeling. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just give you praise today. I thank you, Lord, for giving us revelation of who we are and who we belong to. Thank you for that, Lord, opening our spirits up and receiving the revelation of the bride and the bridegroom. I give you praise for the rest of this service, Lord. I thank you for the praise and worship, God. I thank you for what you're going to do and the word that you have prepared for us. In Jesus' name, amen.